tuned in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Window Seat, recorded live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Broadcast on Full Service Radio, presented by Myler, the Adams Morgan Youth Leadership Academy. I am Chris Price. We have a full house today. I have the usual suspects with me. Mr. Francis, how you doing? Doing well. Happy about today. Happy about today. It was rough getting here. It's been a rough week for it, me, Chris. It's, it's been rough getting here. But usually when we get here, we're, we're, we're in a good place. Which I think is good. <laughs> I got Mr. Gray in the back. He got us grooving. We're going to talk over this music for 15 minutes. He always yeah, forgets to turn going, down the music, Jack. <laughs> Whatever. Jamal. Yeah. yeah. So we're lucky. I, I um, Just had all, to set the right mood. That's all. I always enjoy having these guys with me. And um, we, we're blessed. Uh, we got two other people in the studio with us today. We got Mr. Owen Hart. I don't know if you had the chance to look at our archive, but he was a guest here before, and he's shooting beautiful shots. So when you check out our Instagram, you're going to know who did it. Um, and we trying to run up his fee. I don't know how much he's charging, but I'm hoping it's like $7,000 because he deserves it. Yeah, Owen's straight, nice. Straight up. So you can check him out, owen.m.heart. That's correct. That's right. All yeah. right. Um, and today's guest. I want to check with you first. Yeah. Um, how was your week? Um, my week has been good. I'm in a really good place. I'm in a really good place. Um, yeah, I'm in a good place. I don't know how else to describe it. I think that what I'm learning is mm-hmm. to I'm going a bit of a rant is that regardless of what happens, it's a okay. Like it's it's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a thing. Right. right. I think that we put too much emphasis on something being bad. I got my air quotes up and something being good. How you label it. Right? How you label it. And usually in my experience, when something that's so-called bad happens, I look back on a lot of things and I'm pretty happy that it happened. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's a relationship that I lost, a job that I may have lost or I had a bad experience with a bad experience with a person. In hindsight, uh, it helped me. And so I know when I'm having those experiences, when I'm in that moment, I feel like this is a bad thing. I try to remind myself it's not so bad. It's just a thing. And with good things as well, which is a lot harder than bad because, you know. I can echo that. I, I've um, come to some realization of my own. I, I don't think I've told you this, but I definitely went through a, a childhood depression. Hmm. Um, I went through a childhood depression when my, my parents were getting divorced. And um, I went from like a straight A student t- for the life of me. My father is fucking smart, right? I went from a straight A student to getting like straight F's. And then I used to come home and get whoopings all the time because I got straight F's. But I was like crying all the time to myself going through depression because my, you know, my folks were splitting up. And I think... You know, as I got older and I started reading more and trying to figure out, you know, how to choose um, the perspective I want to take on things, it became so much more important to me because I know what having 
um, weak habits as far as your thoughts go mm-hmm. can lead to. Mm-hmm. So like now in life, I'm thankful for going through a childhood depression. I think it's the funniest thing to be thankful for. Which one would say was a bad thing or a bad experience. Right. You you appreciate it now. Man, so much shit I shouldn't be thankful for. I'm thankful for growing up in a bad neighborhood. People don't understand. Like I think that goes back to, you know, when people say you should be grateful, you should be grateful, period, for everything. The, the good things, the bad things, every single thing you should be appreciative and grateful. It's so ill. I don't even want to call it a bad neighborhood no more. Like, I, I got to find another way to phrase it. I didn't grow up in a bad neighborhood. I think those words, bad and good, could get us into a lot of trouble. All right. Well, we going. Yeah, we, we going on a whole nother. Oh, this is a whole going, nother we topic. We got to. We got a much better, uh, a much better conversation to have than this with a with an awesome guest. Um, yeah, today's gra- today's guest craft has taken him to South Africa, Paris, Jamaica, and Amsterdam. He's performed in New Orleans, Chicago, New York, St. Louis, L.A., Santa Monica, Mississippi, and St. Petersburg, Florida. Africa, yeah, Africa? yeah, Africa. Okay, South Africa. He's performed for Erica Badu, and he's performed with Swiss Beats. Just did his thing. He's been endorsed by Usher, Chris Brown, Dougie Fresh, the legendary Sheila E., Sadat X from Brand Nubian. If y'all old, y'all know who Brand Nubian is. <laughs> Slick Rick, Missy Elliott, Anderson Pac, and Dave Chappelle. Did I miss anybody? No. <laughs> All right, he's appeared on the Wendy Williams show. He's been on channels four, five, and nine right here in DC. And I think it's most he's most comfortable on the street corner, right? Chinatown, Times Square. On a stage. On a stage. And okay, the world stage. His company is called Dope, which stands for Definition of per- Percussion Entertainment. Uh, you know what? I've seen a few people with the dope logo as a tattoo, which yeah. I don't know if that was your cousin you got to get the tattoo. And you, but we're going to talk about that because that's crazy to me. But today we have with us uh, Malik, dope drummer. <laughs> we need to change those claps to drum rolls now. <laughs> <Next> time. <laughs> but yeah, what's up, y'all? What's How going y'all on? How are you? How was your week? Uh, Just running around like everything that y'all was just talking about it was like in correlation with what's going on with my life as well like from just everything i'll, I'll get into it a little later but yeah it's just been uh up full you know just up but full you know full of just yeah different ways but the path is still going up you know no i'm curious what were, you, what were your thoughts about what we were talking about uh well like like just uh right now like me finding my different like living situation right now uh getting like moving into a different like spot uh parents had just just uh separated you know what i'm saying so leaving out of the house you know it's just different like things happening in time and so it was like it's like and it's like surprisingly i'm not like heartbroken about it too much i'm like yo it's just my time to like go to this next path in my life and and i'm not the only one experiencing a problem or a solution that started as a problem or you know what i'm saying so right so it was just showing me, you know, just at 26, it's just like, all right, it's time for me to, you know, just you just always, I'm staying on the, the same course, on the same path that I'm going, but just a couple of little trees, a little branches in the way, little bushes that I got to jump over, cut down, or, you know, just move out the way of. So right now, that's just exactly what you just said. It was like, wow, 
I can relate to that, you know. I don't try to relate to people, you know, but I just hear them out. But I'm like, oh, yo, yeah, I can relate to that uh, mentally and physically and just having to, like, rearrange my, you know, my whole setting on how I've been going. But, yeah, it's, as, as that's happening, there's still, like, more, like, good things happening as far as in the growth of just my brand and just me, like, trying to grow my community and, and just a lot of stuff. So it's all in, like, just correlation, so... I thank y'all for even popping that off like that, you know. Yeah, that shit wasn't planned though. I mean, I yeah, we were just talking about what was exactly. going on. So Yeah. I like that that natural vibe, you know. I, I think it's important for um anyone who doesn't know you to be able to see what you do because I think it's um incredibly artistic and awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Some fun um, shit. Yeah. yeah. I I'd rather y'all say that and rather me just be like, Oh, thank you. Like, you know, well, I wanna be like, Yeah, it is awesome, but I think it's awesome inside. But you but, know. <laughs> <laughs> So give us your Instagram. We're gonna we're gonna ask for your Instagram at the beginning, just in case somebody wants to okay. follow along. Yeah, so my Instagram and social media period, you can find me everywhere on internet at Malik Dope Drummer. And so yeah, that's M A L I K D O P E D R U M M E R. And uh, my website is www.malikdopent.com. And yeah, what, what else y'all want to ask? Let's get into it. Can, what, so I got Mr. Gray in the back, and he's an artist. And I, Gray! Um, uh, Mr. Owen here as well. Yeah. So we're all creating. And I know one of the things that happened with me is I battle because I know how to make money, right? Mm-hmm. I know how to have a job that, you know... Anybody in my life I can help support and we won't be stressed out too bad. Mm-hmm. But my heart wants to do the art. And I I think to this point in my life, um, what's won out is being responsible. Yeah. So I admire people who follow their heart, um, have the courage to follow their heart and do what they um, want to do. Mm-hmm. What has your experience taught you? Because it takes a lot to say I want to be a drummer. You you're You're creating your own way. I don't know if there's somebody that laid the groundwork in front of you it's it's numerous it was always somebody that lays groundwork in front of all of us when we're like inspired by something like right out, inspired by other drummers or inspired by other musicians and artists of any type you know but uh yeah like my brand like dope like i started as a hashtag uh i was i was marching at Howard university's drum line like 2013 and i you know, i'm from dc i'm from around Howard university i'll get to that a little later but i'll just tell you about this right now but yeah, so upon starting that as a hashtag, because I was inspired by one of my other friends, uh, they have a group called BYOS, and it stands for Bring Your Own Style. They are they're snare drummer, percussionist, educator, and performers. And they started their own group, and they're just like freestyling and doing like drumming and stuff like that, and doing videos and like, you know, just teaching, doing stuff around the world like that. And then um, I was just inspired to make my own thing. But then me being from D.C., you know, I was I was already on the back end from like being a go-go drummer. I was a, a go-go drummer first. It's inspired by go-go, and then that marching band piece came in, and into my friends like that BYOS thing that like giving me like a perception like whoa, I could take this to another level again. Like I can I can I can be out front and not like the background drummer. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to them. But uh, after that, yeah, I took my my talent to the street performing. You know, and in the first place I street performed literally was in New Orleans. But yes, I'm from DC and all that. But the first place I street performed was in New Orleans, right there on Canal Street. And it was uh, when, because my mother, me and her would go out there like like numerous times for like Essence Fest and Jazz Fest and stuff. So we went again. And then she was like, yeah, bring your drum next time. I was like, yeah, let me try it out. And next thing you know, 
I broke my snare, no music, no nothing, just a snare, not even a snare that I play on now. It was just like a, a regular concert snare, like the drum set snares. And uh, yeah, I made like $200. I made my first like $200 off just performing in the street. People was dancing, shaking ass, there's all types of stuff going on. You know, it was, it was, it was New Orleans, you know, mm-hmm. right on that rip, Canal Street, it was crazy. So I was like, wow, I could, if I did, I could do this anywhere. Like I could, I could just set my drum up and just make a living off this maybe, or like just put money in my pocket from doing what I love to do. Because I was really just practicing. The same way I'll be on a drum pad, you know, I was just, you know, just practicing it. So anyway, yeah, from there, dope. I kept pushing that hashtag, kept pushing it with the street performance in, in D.C. And I started growing more as far as uh, growing in a way where the the, uh, the youth around Gallery Place Chinatown and U Street would come vibe with me. They would dance around and uh, be like, hey, he, he killing that job. Hey, Mo. Yeah, you know. That was. I also just created Instagram. That was 2013. I just created Instagram. So I was just pushing that, and they they're tagging me like, yeah, man, follow them. And that time I was that real drummer I, before I was Malik Dope drummer on Instagram. I was that real drummer, which is now like an alias for something else I'm gonna use later on, like a tournament. I, but I ain't gonna say too much. <laughs> how, so how long ago was it that you went to New? Was that 2013 that you were in New Orleans and you? Uh, yeah, that was the 2012. And were you working at that time? And then yeah, decided I, to stop working and yeah, because I was in Howard's band. I also worked at Checkers, and uh, oh no, I worked at Home Depot. That was my last job ever, Home Depot. And uh, yeah, that was the last time I ever worked was like that 2012, 2013 ish time, or yeah, around that time. Yeah, and Home Depot was my last job, and I remember just like be working that overnight shift, and I was like. I can't do this, bro. I, like lifting this stuff up, I'm, I'm dropping paint, paint spilling on the on the aisles. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be dealing with this, man. I, I'm, I, there's something that has to happen where I like launch myself to the next level to make this really like pop more, you know. So I just like from there, I, like just, it was it was around summertime. I stopped street performing. I had a car at that time, and um, I would just pull up anywhere and be like setting my drums up. Some days it, it would blow me because DC parking, bro. I would basically street perform just to pay a ticket. <laughs> I would just I would street perform just to pay a, a ticket and have a little bit of change, you know what I'm saying? Luckily my stepfather, I just had a little payment plan with him on the card. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was paying like car insurance and all that, like really hitting my, my pockets like that. But yeah, it was just a little struggle with that, like, you know, but it paid off in the long run as far as for my me and my brand and my artistry being known. And uh it was a vibe. Let me I can hear my mother, right? If I'm in your, your your shoes, my mom, as talented as she is at gilding me, she would be like, "Baby, why don't you just go get a job?" But mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm gonna ask you a two part question. Yeah. Do you have any fears with the choices you decided to make? Mm-hmm. And the second part to that question, best case scenario, five years from now, what does your life look like? Okay, so. The fears I had and still have, far as on, but the, that fear is different from the fear I have now. This fear, the the fear I had then was like, man, like when it would get slow, you know what I'm saying? When it, like no gigs are picking up or something's not popping, I'm like, damn, how am I gonna like really live out in this world? Is it fully independent, you know, adult, like making money off of my craft, like you know, and just being able to eat and uh, you know, have my nice little clothes on and whatever. That fear always will creep up, and it still does, but the fear now, that fear is like the fear to hold you back. The fear now was like, all right, I fear that, but I can't let that stop me from just going out and trying. 
because some some of us will fear, and that fear will hold us back from even failing forward, like Will Smith would say, like fail forward. Right. Like it would stop us from even failing forward. You know, how, a good example of failing forward, football game, right? I don't watch sports like that, but you know, getting the first down, right? Right. You get the first down. You didn't get the touchdown, but you got the first down. So you had another chance to go through those four those four downs again, right? And and maybe get that touchdown and maybe win the game, or not win the game but still be in the playoffs or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So now that fear is more me just getting covering first down, you know. And I feel like we all like just cover first down where we like paying our rent or something or paying our bills and just managing it to last another month to maybe create a better situation where we be double up on paying that rent and or whatever or our phone bill or what or any lifestyle that we that we uh build that we're trying to like you know conquer so yeah the now that fear is more of a let me just like conquer first down in my life every time and, and more but um when you when you yeah. first started to the second part oh the second part oh five years yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. okay five years from now so i'm 26 so 30 i'll be 31 five years from now my brand definition of percussion entertainment and also, my nonprofit, I'm not going to uh, give the name out for that uh, yet. Oh, okay. But the nonprofit will be launched this year, but I'm not just going to give it out because it's not documented in paperwork yet. But my, my uh, definition of percussion entertainment, that LLC, that company, will be what, that's, what that also, what that does, what the mission for that is education, entertainment, and healing using percussion and performing arts and providing that to youth, to adults, uh, any scenario, anywhere from channeling their performance art, teaching them how to, like, you know, advance their performing art, integrating this into all schools and all institutions, anywhere, you know. Uh, what else? As far as the entertainment, you know, doing, doing shows. Me, of course, I'm a performer, but also managing performances for people that, that want to solicit their performing arts of any style. Because per- percussion, that's why I said percussion. I didn't say drumming in, my, in that name. It's percussion. Percussion is not just drumming. It's anything that moves, any, anything that's a rhythm, you know what I'm saying? Anything that just, whether it's the wind, whether it's our eyes blinking, us talking right now, like this is percussion right now. This might be called percussion radio right now, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, are you going to say something? Yeah, I was watching an uh, interview with Jay-Z and he was talking about his favorite rappers and he talked about uh, Snoop and his voice and he talked yeah, cool. about, right, he talked about uh, Biggie and maybe his wordplay and he talked about Eminem and he used the word percussion mm-hmm. and he gave an example of one of his songs and he was, like, so I thought that was yeah, interesting. With percussion you. will never die because it's in us. It's in everything around us. The world's moving on a certain BPM or whatever, and it's making noise. It might it's making a loud vibration noise. Like it's in our science, it's in our religion, it's in everything around us. So I have the perfect job, and I can never not have a job being a percussionist. So that's the same thing. Like with definition of percussion entertainment mixed with the nonprofit. We're telling. We're also uh, sending motivation to kids and to anyone that is looking to to grow their hobbies and their talents into a career that is, you know, them eating off of. You know what I'm saying? So, five years from now, I will be plugged in in different institutions. I will have my programs. I will have summer camps, spring camps, camps all year round. You know, uh, my merch. You know, uh, music, performing. You know, me performing as an artist and me. Uh, Definition of percussion entertainment, all like all together, ultimately being like a label of the arts. So yeah. before you go any further, yeah, yeah, uh, Jamal, can you play something so everybody has an idea of what exactly it is, or a better idea of what it is that you do? Oh yeah. Yo, DC. <laughs> show you how 
better keep that beat moving when we doing it on this thing right here. Perfect example. So if you're listening, I'm not certain that you get it because it's incredible to view. If you have the chance, you do. Describe for the listeners what they would have saw if they were able to pull it up. So if you would have saw that, you would have saw me doing those beats, following the lyrics, but also doing uh, high quality or, or attractive to the eyes tricks with the drumsticks, flips. I'll just say like gymnastics with the drumsticks while staying on beat. You know what I'm saying? So you'll see just different dynamics and everything. And yeah, you'll, and you'll feel a vibe where it's like I'm making the lyrics uh become more alive. Buster Rhymes already presents it with a lot of life in his rhythm and his percussive delivery. But then when I uh back when I support that with the drum beat, you feel it. You feel it even more and you feel like you're doing it. You know, if you're in person you're really gonna feel it because you can feel the vibration going through your body and you're like, oh, I, I I can do that. I know those lyrics. Let me let me get on that drum one time. Like you might just feel the life all the way in you. So that's what I that's what I like to do as an artist. I like to just let them really feel how I feel on that beat, it, w- on the same song that we might know. But it's just like I'm putting my style on it and my, just my soul in the beat. So if you're just joining us, you listen to Window Seat, broadcast on Full Service Radio, presented by Amila. And we have with us uh, Malik Dope Drummer. And I've hope, I hope you've had a chance to pull it up. But I want to ask you, what has been the highlight of your career thus far? Mr. Francis went over a lot of stuff, a lot Boy, of traveling. Before we get to the highlight, let's, did you think that you would be here? No. When you started doing your street performing? No, I would just I just had high, very high aspirations. I'm talking about, bro, I, I'm like, people, I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm big on energy, right? I'm not big on, like, religion or anything like per se, like no specific religion or anything like that. I'm big on like energy and grabbing energy from different sources around the world and everything. So I would just be like, I didn't know I would be here. I would just look in the sky and be like, yo, it's gotta be a way. Like I'm asking, I don't even know who, who God is up there. You know, we all have a different perception of God, you know, or even if we even use that word, but that energy, I'm just talking to that energy like, yo, like I want, I want this. I really want this. I put more than 10,000 hours in it. When I used to have my street performance stuff, I would, I would carry heavy, heavy equipment that was, more heavy, that was heavier than me. Like, you know, I would drag it up hills. I'd be fatigued by the time I then caught the bus and the train just to get, because I was coming from PG County to get to Galley Place, Chinatown, so I have to get on that, that uh, Rhode Island uh, Metro, uh, Rhode Island bus and have the whole dolly cart with the speaker, the drums and all that stuff, and even the battery to even power the speaker. You know, because they had cut off the plugs because people was loitering in Chinatown. They cut off the little outside plugs. But, um, yeah, I, I would finally get the gallery very fatigued, no, like, almost like no money in my pocket sometimes, and I would just make the money right there and then eat and then get to, like, chill out, smoke a little weed or something, chill out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I did not think I would be here from that because I kept I – kept, uh, advancing my way of thinking with what I was doing as I was doing. You know what I'm saying? So 
Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like you got to fail forward. I failed. I went to different cities with it. I street performed not just here. Like you said, you said some cities. I street performed in Hollywood Boulevard. You know, I, in Philly, uh, in anywhere, and you know, I seen other crowds. I had to compete with other people. I was the new kid on the block. Like, oh, what is this new talent? Like they seen usual, you know, whoever impersonator characters in L.A. and I don't know, panhandlers or anything, bucket drummers. I wasn't like a bucket drummer. I wasn't that. I was just like this snare individual, <laughs> as, you will, as I would call it, I guess. And, yeah, I just didn't think I would be here now. But then as it kept picking up and I went viral with it, and I'm like, yo, there's more opportunities out here for me to show this and put it on the map in the industry. Like, in the drummer world, I'm like a Drake. Like, I'm like a, a Drake type of character. Like, because me and my friends would talk about it in, like, in our marching percussion world. I'm like a Drake character taking it. I took it to the industry where I'm like this this one mini, mini snare drum, little, you know, it's a porter, it's called, I call it a porter snare. And I'm taking that thing, which will, when people walk past me gallery before, they're like, oh yeah. They're like, oh, just that. But now when they see me, oh, it's that. Oh, that, you're that guy. You're a Malik Dope drummer. It's like, oh, you who? Oh, Malik, okay. You know, and there's still people that don't know me, but now they're putting that importance on it now. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm curious about. You said ten thousand. I know that's a very significant number. Ten thousand hours. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what, what does that mean to you? Yeah, ten thousand hours. That's that's gonna be a saying, or it could be actually something you just experienced. And I put more than ten thousand hours in it. Like, and y'all have too in some way. You know, it comes with it comes with the years. You can't cheat the time. A lot of us we want to like, or we have aspirations as when we're younger to be popping when we're young, and you don't really know how to manage money or manage business etiquette like we do now at 26 and 30 whatever you know what i'm saying so why you look at me when you say 30, 30 <laughs> whatever how, how are you <laughs> 30 whatever that means, right. that's i'm assuming y'all 30 whatever or 20 <laughs> oh i don't know y'all got beers i got, I got this little ass little scrap on my okay chair. bro I was just <laughs> but yeah um yeah so i'm 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 thankful that now i get how to move better now because now i'm thankful for the mistakes i went uh in the yeah i'm thankful for those mistakes i i did back then and those within those ten thousand plus hours, mistakes and gains and all that, that 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 really broke me. You know, it broke me not in a way of bad way, or bad or good. It broke me like yo, like it cracked that cocoon, that hard ass cocoon shell, that wasn't like a paper butterfly shell. I was like, get out of that and go to your your bigger purpose. And I was defining my purpose as I go. Some people, we don't we don't know our purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like. This dude, his name is Oduno. He's a, he's a real tall dude. You seen Oduno? Yeah, Oduno, real tall dude. Baba Oduno, as, as he tells us to call him. But um, he told me three important things that stuck with me all day. He's like, we have the mo- three, three of the most important things in life is identity, purpose, and legacy. And I was like, whoa. And he told me that when I was younger, when I was in Howard's drumline, and I would see him on campus back and forth all over the city. I was like, identity, purpose, legacy. And he's like, yeah, who you are what you do in this world and are you going to leave it behind you know and i had to think about that as i go like yo what what is my identity what is my purpose i know i'm a leak that's my name but what do people see me as uh what do people see me doing how are they feeling when i'm doing do other people want to do it you know so i i use these different things to just like define my whole purpose and my mission and the direction of on the path you know like a compass like a you know yeah, something like that. When you uh, first started performing in the street, you started to cause a lot of trouble, right? Uh-huh. 
I didn't start to cause a lot of trouble. It it developed, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. You, I think you know what I'm okay, getting yeah, at. Yeah, gentrification. Well, talking about that. The noise <laughs> oh, yeah. ordinance, right? Yeah. So the result, the result of that is like DC is going through this gentrification as it's, it's been going through, you know. But uh, it affected me in uh, like 2015, 16 on U Street first. I'm, I used to street perform on 14th and U, right? And uh, very busy that, street if you're not from DC. Very busy where people yeah, go out Black drink. Broadway. Have, yeah, uh, it, as you know, that McDonald's right there. It didn't have the apartments above it at first, right? Yeah, yeah, some of y'all see it before me. It didn't have those apartments above it. But as those new high quality two thousand dollar rent and up apartments was built, these people start to complain about me when I was there for almost like what like, like what three years in that at that point I was there for like three years causing nothing but good vibes uh the store the the restaurant that was right there called uh black and orange there was a burger spot I, they would let me drum right there and and I was saying it would be a whole vibe I'm drumming right there and people are coming in and eating coming out there partying it was a whole good vibe like like I, it was good for business and good for me and it was a community vibe you know people you know, everybody turned lit, and 14 for you. That's an intersection, as you can see. It's different clubs on that that use that uh, that U Street side, rather than the 14th Street side. It's a different like demographic altogether. You see the some uh, upscale like kind of I don't want to say it, but hey, upscale kind of whites going on that side, and the other part is more black grungy. Like I want to hear some Cardi B, some trap, some ratchet, but it still was a mix. But I was the intersection right there of both of those crowds: white, black, Hispanic, anything fusing and just partying together i was the party after the party you know what i'm saying so at, like those people start complaining on me more until they drove me out of it i'm talking about as soon as i tap a drum you know they complaining the police like hey man we got a complaint even the police didn't they, they i wasn't bothering them some of the police would come up and drum with me they weren't like it wasn't them like being the enemies or anything so it was it just uh, the result of that gentrification so it, did the ordinance pass no yeah, so I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna brief this little part up because I, I know I tend to rant too. But anyway, so uh, yeah, that gentrification was a result of moving me off of that 14th Street corner, and I still tried in and out, but it just was like it, they wasn't having it. The people there was like it's too loud and we weren't quiet, but they move in front of a loud environment already, and that's that was just that's just that. I, I ain't gonna say nothing that because I don't I don't own no block. You can't own no land, DC. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, moving on forward now to what you were talking about, 2018, the Amplified Noise Ordinance of 2018. They tried to propose that, and this is the, the other gentrification. Let's go more uptown to the Chinatown area above the uh, Clyde's and above that McDonald's and above that whole thing, the Chinatown Archway, blah, blah, blah. That's that neighborhood or cityhood, I'll call it. I, it's not a... I don't know how it's like. It's a neighborhood, but it's like in a city. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. But anyway, they move there, and they're expecting peace and quiet. And something that's already am- a lot of loud ambient noise with ambulances and uh, buses. Um, who knows what? Games. There's large crowds. is right loud, next to loud, the Capital One Arena. Capital so you've got One, hockey games, basketball games. All that. And uh, they, concerts. And, and you even, they even bars. were like. Bars. The problem is at McDonald's, though, because people keep getting in trouble in front of that McDonald's. Or it's someone also gets hurt. It's a cross street for a lot of um, 
major ways because you got folks coming from like the Ben and Rose side coming mm-hmm. up 8th Street. It's an intersection. You know for all that's where a lot of people go to hang so, out. And then it's the 70 bus would get you up and down mm-hmm. to um, Silver Spring. And if you know about the 70 bus, then, oh, my mother knows about you that. You know what I'm saying? So and that's not even what it's, it used it's to like be. It's like an intersection where a lot of different neighborhoods meet, you know? Yeah, so to me, it's not the smartest thing to try to quiet down something that is just naturally and already built to to invite noise and invite like people there energy into that area it just didn't make sense it's not noise proofed enough to me but anyway they tried to pass that bill i was the uh me and another brother named kenny sway shout out to kenny sway uh he, he also a viral singer me and him like the two top street performers that took it out more from like chinatown He's the one that was singing with the beard and his, he had his daughter in his hand mm-hmm. or singing. Also, when one of the ladies were, like, was complaining right in this video, he just kept singing, just tuning yeah, around his music. And she was one of the people that was testifying against us as well. So anyway, me and him were the only young, uh, like millennial type of, type of ages that were testifying because this is the problem. Let me sidetrack for real quick. It's a problem with us being younger and not knowing that that was even a... Uh, a bill that was trying to be passed or trying to be proposed. None of us knew that. They weren't walking up, hey, hey we're trying to pass a bill on y'all with the, playing this, this street perform, doing the street performance. So you can, like, if you can come to this hearing and maybe speak your piece, maybe uh, we can come to a resolution or something. But they didn't even tell us. They, this is what they always do, just in, through history, period. They, they put the information more where the most, most of the people are not looking at it. Most of who, the minorities are not looking at this information. We're not aware. We're too busy, you know, trying to get dancing for a dollar or something. I don't know. Do something you know, positive. Do something, it's, it's, yeah. it's what, what it does is make it seem like you're doing a negative thing when right. you're doing and a positive it, thing that not only yeah. benefits you, but benefits the community. Right. And then you have people that are coming in the community that don't understand the community. Don't have no respect. They don't change the community. They don't care about go-go. They don't care about nothing. But they want to reap the benefits of, oh, yeah, it's like you can go outside. It's just free entertainment right out there. They want to use my picture in on NBC or... Right, they NBC advertise advertising. You. Hey, this is cheap. We want looking for something cheap to do. Uh, come see buskers and using my picture right there. I could have sued them or something and said it was defamation, but I ain't gonna get in all that. I don't have time for that. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna shine light and be that example. Like, yo, look how they they're disrespecting something that is rich to us, and um, that's 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 messed up. There's but some- um. There's someone else that's out there all the time. I can't think of. I think it's a young lady. She has low cut hair. I feel like Vanny. She, yeah, somebody up there is cleaning out about it all the time. Yeah, I, Danny. I yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a um. I know the guy that owns the the liquor store on U Street, mm-hmm. and he had the same problem because uh, the people that moved into the neighborhood they want him to call um, the police on all the people who hang outside that liquor store. So if you look at Marvin's and mm-hmm. uh, Lost Society, that right there by that bus stop, there's a lot of people that hang out there and drink. And he was like, "Well, they've been here way before." before. So he didn't want to. But, you know what I mean? They but, got it hey, away. these people are loitering, not paying tax dollars, and they paying their tax dollars for this high whatever quality stuff with their privileged self. I ain't going to go there. Yeah, we, like we, that, we're getting too political. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't going to go there, but it just makes you a little angry when you – I wasn't even trying to gain like that. But they, these, this is the words they're saying. Like, they are, they're not paying tax dollars. Like, but you coming out here and dancing sometime to it. But, but when you're not feeling it, oh, now you're against it. And now you're ganging up on us like that. And it was no – it was majority. It was majority Caucasian people testifying against us, and I'm not saying it. And I'm not no racist or nothing. But that speak that has to speak on some type of perception of like, yo, what's really going on culturally, and like, where's the respect really for the city? Like, 
I'm talking. It was old. Like you can tell where they, what time they come from. You could tell when they come, where they come from. They, they grew up around Jim Crow South, Jim Crow whatever, and they, they seen all this segregation stuff. They grew up around that. <laughs> okay, and all so right. I'm just keeping nah, it real. Give it to him, Malik. Give it to him. Wait, wait, wait. So did the wait. ordinance pass? No, it did not because I shine light because the other older people have been fighting before me with shining light. Did they put they, any restriction on what? Nope. They can't. Can it's it? too sensitive. It's freedom of speech. You can't just like tackle something like that. They're going to revisit it again. Right. Uh, this year, I don't know when. But I, I'm gonna be on it. I'm gonna be testifying again, and I don't even street perform no more. Right. But because I found a way to go to the next level with my stuff, right. you know. But still, I I still testify because this is what made me. You know, this is what made me get that 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 reach and that engagement. Can you take us through that? How you went from street performing to where you're at now? Yeah. Uh. So yeah, like I said, 2013 street perform dope was just a hashtag, and now uh went through viral stages and did different gigs, positioned myself around the right people, right places, right time. Doing my thing. What was your first big gig? First big gig, uh, first big gig here. I'll say it's big to me. Like far as here locally, I like just performing at like Howard Theater. Mm. You know, Fillmore. Mm. You know, yeah, Fillmore was the first thing where I feel like, oh, hey, I'm I'm gonna stay at Fillmore, even though it was like when they had the local like rap type of thing mm-hmm. before a, a, some happened, a fight happened, and they stopped doing it, it for the Fillmore locally. But yeah, that was my first thing. It was like that Fillmore and Howard, and then um, uh. Yeah, just more stuff than that, like, outside of this, but yeah. I appreciate that you're a young black drummer who's really um, notable. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes usually sense. When I, when, I, yeah. when I would think of a drummer or when I would hear about a in drummer, it would, usually, it would be in the back, yeah. and it would usually be associated with a rock band. Mm-hmm. And so even looking at your style, you seem like a, a somebody who's unique. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can see all that in me, like right, the, rock, the, w- the go-go, the whatever. Right. Hip-hop. So you incorporate all that, but then the, the way that you play, the the dancing that you incorporate, even mm-hmm. the, your dress, the way you dress, everything, your jewelry, your hair is is very unique, and that's always what I what was associated with, um, the a rock band. Right. So mm-hmm. I appreciate seeing that from a, a you know a black kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate y'all just noticing that. That's why I was saying, like, being at the right place, the right time, doing the right thing, looking the right way. But, like, the right way, that's more of a perce- personal type of perception. The right way is me having my, whatever, my dope T-shirt on, my dope hoodie on, my stones that I made myself, you know, just my whole vibe and aura. That's like a whole, like, language without you even saying anything. People are looking at you and just like, oh, like, you choose how you want people to judge you based on the way you dress, the way you talk, where you act, whatever, you know? So if you want me to judge you like this, I'll be like, okay, he, he's hip. You know, he look like he's a little older, you know? I'm Stop. talking about... Like, he's, he's older, but he's, he's in the game. He not, he's, not, he's not my age, but he's not too old. He, he's relatable. We got to talk about age. He keep, he keep it hip. He got a beard. I don't know. I ain't even gray. I don't even got gray in my beard. Like even Jamal in the back, I I didn't know how old Jamal was until he told me like last year. I was like, "Dang, I thought she was my age." Now, then when he told me, he's like, "Yeah, I've been around." And I was like, "Yo, yeah, bro, you got ten years on me." You know what I'm saying? Damn. And that and that made me respect him even to another <laughs> level. But how he presents himself, he's so youthful. And look, he got the fade right now, so he look even younger. Like you look like you just cut off like five years off of you right now. So it's all about that perception of how 
how you want people to judge you because people gonna judge you all day when you started doing your videos did you plan a lot of this stuff or were you just like you know what this would be a dope idea i'm gonna go do it because it seemed yeah. like a lot of shit you just dreamed up in your room and you just went out the next day and did it and it, whether you didn't care it seemed like you didn't care if it worked or not if people yeah. thought it was cool or not you just wanted to do something it wasn't planned that you thought for for those stuff like that went viral it wasn't planned as far as like just I remember, like, 2016, I went viral for, for doing the Timmy Turner jump. The, uh, t- Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Turner, like, by designer. And uh, it got picked up all over. I'm talking about I was on Complex, Fader, Time Magazine. Uh, I did I ended up doing an interview with Revolt TV. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just a drummer, artist, and all that. They put it on Revolt on their YouTube. And, and I was in the building, you know, in the P. Diddy, what, Diddy Enterprise, what it's called? Like, yeah, Puffy. I don't know. But anyway, the fact that... Like, I didn't, I didn't even record it. I didn't, like, record it. But, all right, it's purposely, purposefully going to go viral. Anything I did was just me street performing, right. vibing with the people in the community, just making, like, a live day party situation with my drums and get money from it. And people just, like, us just being a community and just turning up. And then people were recording. Like, damn, this is a lit vibe. The vibe will get captured in the phone. And it went through world style, went through all over. Yeah, I don't. Talking about it, you're not going to appreciate it. I know Chris keeps uh, directing people to your Instagram, but you definitely got to see it. Once you watch a couple of videos, you'll be scrolling for an hour or two just watching Mm -hmm. and enjoying, you know, your performances. It'll be a whole story. If you look at my Instagram, I didn't delete my content all the way from the start because I want you to really see this story. It's not about just being looking lit and be like, no, this is not the professional way. No, fuck fuck what people are defining as professional. Right. Like, I got my suit on right now. We got our, our business suits on right now. We handling business, right? Yeah. You know, this is our business suit. I ain't got to wear some clean cut, sharpened, European cut ass like suit like to be defined or, you know, I ain't going to get into it because I gonna keep, keep sounding like I'm like a p- political activist, crazy person or something. But anyway, yeah. Again, I got to reintroduce Malik Fake <laughs> Drummer. Um, and you're listening to Window Seat. I will admit I was skeptical about this interview, but I find myself thankful that you're here because I don't know how to um, put that into a box that I'm familiar with. Exactly. I don't know how to do that. No one right? can like. Yeah. So hearing your story is good because you gave you've given me context, so I, I know how to view this. Right. Um, moving forward, you're, you're, you're starting clinics. Mm-hmm. The business side of thing. Where, where are you going next? Right. So my my key goals for this year and right now and everything is advancing my community. As I've built a following, that is our communities that we all like anybody that's following any of our pages and stuff. They're actually a community and we have a duty to them because they're coming to us. And we want them to come to us because we, we already sharing it out to people. Right. You have value. And, yeah, yeah. So it has value now. And as my community has grown, I got ninety two thousand followers now. And no bought followers. These are people that stop me in any city, any country, any continent, and be like, "Yo, you're Malik Dope drummer." But they, you know, they can't even say English, but they know Malik Dope drummer sometimes. And I'm like, "Wow, I actually have a community, and I actually have a duty to like, like I'm a president of my thing." You know what I'm saying? So my key goals is being more intact with my community and building my community even more and keeping that rhythm looping on what I'm providing to my community. So that is via uh, my drum clinics, my percussion clinics. I'm also about to do my style of dancing, drum and dance is called way work. So I'm going to do way work dance classes. Uh, I'm just getting the other materials for that. Um, my merchandise, my clothing line, you know, keep also, I'm, 
let me let me stop right there. It it was a key thing to give my logo that power, that that uh that attention. Like just like Prince, I had his he had his logo right, and you just look at it and you don't even have to say Prince. But like, oh, that's Prince. That's that's Prince. That's what I want. Dope. That's what that logo. That's, and you, you got people. Is that real? People tattooing? Oh yeah, yeah. So my cousin, I didn't plan none of that. People was like, "Yeah, I want to tattoo it." It's not many people, but at least like five, six uh, people. So yeah, about five or six people <laughs> yeah. that got your tattoo, your logo tattooed. One was on my them. cousin, yeah, and he got it just off the love. And he shout out to Steven. You know what I'm saying? He marched with a drum corps and you know pursued his dream. And yeah, that that tattooing is a symbol of like yeah, it, as you can see, it says dope in music notes. You know what I'm saying? Some people don't pick up on it in, in time, but it says dope in music notes. You know, and uh, yeah, that just showing how music is just dope and, you know, all that. But anyway, yeah, I had to give my logo power so that when I put it on a T-shirt, it's not just on a T-shirt because it look cool, but it has a meaning. People know what it means. Oh, that's Malik, man. I know what Malik means and blah, blah, blah. Dope. So, yeah, advancing the community, getting out there, uh, uh, putting putting drum clinics out, dance uh, workshops out, merch out, um collaborating with other unique individuals like last year i was like i, I went to new york i did a, a collaboration video with kid the wiz i see him he'd be flipping his hat and all that and um just any any type of cool like like i said i'm big on energy so when i when i dap y'all up when i dap celebrities up or anybody i become a part of them for a second like rogue on x-men I, I rogue that energy and i become it i'm like oh shit i could dance like you i could rap like you but Drumming is my thing, so I could do that and drum at the same time, and which I do. I have my own song out now that I released last year. I mean, no, this year. I'm tripping. I released this year in beginning of January. My song is called We Band, W E B A N D. Jamal, I don't know if you got We Band, but it's on all like it's on all uh, Spotify. Yeah. Oh, oh, he got it. Oh, let's listen to it real quick. Yeah, blast that thing. Yeah, so, so that was my um, that was my first song ever, called We Band, W E B A N D, produced by a female producer named Ashley Ashley, and produced by me as well. I had some, I added the drums in there, some part of the percussion in there as well. And uh, have you have a has a record label offered to sign you? No, not yet. I've had some conversations. Like I've been in Atlantic Records. Uh, I've been in the offices. You know what I'm saying? I've Is been, that something that you want to do? I wouldn't want to be signed just yet. I would want to uh, do a distribution deal with them, you know, and uh, just them amplify me in the best way. So that that requires me to produce more songs. That's that, uh, that's getting to one of my goals is producing more music. As I'm like I'm put, I'm going to be performing my original song in South by Southwest uh, in three days. You right. know what I'm saying in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's the next step for me uh, to just be. Pro- Performing not like somebody else's song, not like a bust around, even though it's cool. Mm-hmm. But now I got my own stuff, and I, it's my own copyrighted stuff, it's my own stuff where I can be like, no, this is my stuff. I want to perform this and do it like this, you know what I'm saying? And you just feel more like autonomous when you just have your own material and you can do whatever you want with it, and you, you built it yourself. And you know, so that's my goals advancing the community, 
putting more stuff out for them, whether it's drum clinics, whether it's motivational speaking for youth and adults and all that. I'm even going to be going to the prison, uh, prisons and doing uh, drum clinics with them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, just collaborate with any entity that is for the better of just society in, in an art form. I know even y'all, <laughs> anything. I know. I know. Chris has a question, but I, you mentioned going to the prisons and you know just doing a little bit of research on you. You would go to me some of the craziest places to perform. Oh yeah. Like you, I saw a video where you went to um, a burn thing, mm-hmm. and I, I first of all, I wouldn't even know where the burn was. Right. Meaning we had a couple of guests on that talked about uh, catharsis on the mall. Uh, yep. And um, they talked about Burning Man. And I know I went to I um, Sunset and yeah. Chill. Yep. And I learned more about. Did you perform at Sunset? Yeah, yeah. I think that was the first time I saw you. That's when I. Yeah, I'm tripping. That's when we met, right? Right. So, so exactly. <laughs> so, um, when I saw this video, you in standing in the mud, and I'm looking in the background, and it looks like just some forest rednecks hippie, lit, but they vibing to your your music. It's just the vibe, you know. So what? Why, how did you even end up there? I had some other friends. See, so that that art style, like when they be doing them, all them spinning and little cool like stuff, it's called like flow art. Like they call right. it flowing. So um, yeah, and I saw. I was like, wait, I'm doing flow because the way I spin the sticks and all that, do the tighten and all that stuff with it. I'm a flow artist too. And so I just know that like what I do, I'm like a I'm like a universal mm-hmm. energy that I can connect with any type of style anywhere on the earth or in on another planet. You know what I'm saying? So there, it was already like the drum. You know, the drum is like, it's, in, it's, it's everywhere. Like I'm saying, it's everywhere. Like people can't not connect with it. Like they just, they will connect. And like being in that burn, people were high off all types of drugs. High off, they was all type, like, but they were so in tune with some other dimension that I wasn't at. Right. My sober mind, I was just high, high off weed. Yeah, uh, what, was, I, what I learned it was, was it's, it's, a, it's a therapeutic uh, environment. And, and like I spent the night for uh, two days in the woods, no no cell phone connection. Right. D- detached from my mobile device. My parents was worried about me, like, yo, where yeah, they gonna call the police, search <laughs> search the neighborhood for me and everything, because they couldn't reach my phone. Right. And I'm we all had our campsites at that burn and it was like a community. I'm like, whoa, this is what civil civilization started like back in the day when we didn't have like these buildings and this cool stuff and glass and everything. They just had trees and building like they like huts and stuff. In each other. And having like this communion this like community like where we're sharing and giving nothing was everything was being traded there nothing was being bought there was no money you're just trading goods and stuff like i got this piece on my on my neck right here like i made this but as you can see this is the dopamine uh molecule right here this is the this is the scientific uh the element for dopamine this is what it looks like when you like look at the molecule like the table of mm-hmm. that contents for right. that i traded a guy a rock i found i found this rock that says strength it was a rock that was just in. Somebody put it there. I don't know. You know, these people just they just like, oh, they wear little cool stuff. They just put a rock by a tree, and it was a small little job. I was like, oh, that's lit. And I put it in my pocket. I was like, damn. And next thing you know, this white dude who saw me and I connected with him. He was cool. He was just cool vibe. He had his whole family, even his daughter. They was just like earthed out. I don't even call it hippie. They, they were just earthed out. And I was like, yo, man, is that dope of me? He's like, yeah, man. Somebody gave it to me down there and just blessed it, blessed me with it. I'm like, wow, man. I, I, my brand is about dope and everything. Dopamine. I, can I can I please get that? You're like, oh, brother, I don't know. I'm like, can I buy from? Like, oh, I don't sell anything. We're not selling stuff here. I was like, well, I have this rock that says strength. He was like, oh, bet. Let me get that. And I'm talking about he was right about to drive off. So we were just bartering just stuff, energy, and everything. So that was like a, a good wake up call for me to know what 
value is really being placed on certain things that has really no value or what has value that we should value more and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that burn and was What crazy. stood out to me was, was it seems like you're willing to, or we're willing and probably yeah. still are willing to go anywhere yeah, I can't and be do broken anything to perf- along, yeah. perform and create your art. Yeah, as long as, long as I can have them sticks in my hand and have my drum and be who I want to be on that, I can't be broken like far as my spirit can't be broken even if nobody else want to do it. I'm so in tune with myself where I could just be like, all right, fuck it, fuck you. I'm going to just do what I do and just drum right here. You even going to get with it and feel the vibe because I mean positive or you just going to go about your business. You can't, you can't get everybody to love what you're doing. But yeah, I will be, uh, yeah, I'll be going to the prison system. The reason why I want to do that because I have a little brother who got caught up, you know, facing two uh, felony charges, first degree and second degree murder, hanging with the wrong person. At the wrong time, dude shot somebody, killed somebody's son. You know what I'm saying? Now my my little brother, who's 18 now, is being is facing 25 years. You know, for from not listening to my mother and them, and going out and want to be one of these like niggas that's out here opioid up. You know, uh, living this fake ass trap boy life that they think is something real. Get out the trap. Don't be a trap. You're a hustler. We and you're gonna introduce that hustle word you was talking about earlier. Right. But we're all hustlers. You don't have to be a fucking trap. And, and to be a rapper, it don't mean you're, like, selling drugs and, like, getting it out the mud and all this stuff. Like, it's, what do you, the youth are got it r- the wrong way right now. They're believing in shit that's not real. And my little brother, he, he had to be the example made out of in the, in the area. He don't come from that. We ain't, we ain't the richest in the house, but we ain't poor or none. You had a shelter. You had food you f- rent-free. What, what the fuck is you thinking, bro? You know what I'm saying? So this wrong split-second decision cost him his whole life. His whole life is fucked up now. Whether he get out from 12 years or 25, he's going to be a felon for life. It's going to be hard for him to work. This ain't over. Because of this decision he chose to make and chose to go against my mother saying, just stay in the house today. It's all these... in, In life, we have these... People or these energies from anywhere that just just say, yo, why don't you just go that way for a second? And you could choose to listen to them or not, but just sit back and think and be like, why did he tell me to go that way? And you'll be like dodging your death or dodging some fucked up shit and getting jail time from listening to that person or that energy or that dog that said, root, 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 that way. Or a rat that just went that way. Follow that. Just... It's, it's all these different uh, signs. signs. Like, follow the signs. Real life, don't ignore signs in life or you'll be left behind or you'll be, like, in a trap. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you got to follow the right signs, too. And I'm talking about this. This I could have been dead somewhere. I could have been fucked up somewhere. Like, I've been in Africa. I had to pay a bribe to a police officer. They should corrupt on another level. <laughs> I had to pay a bribe because we were smoking weed in the car. And my friend dropping us back off uh, in Johannesburg, I mean, dropping us back off at Johannesburg Station, which is called Park Station, train station. And uh, we in the car, and they had like one of them little stops with them little arrest stops where like when you get off the highway and they just check the people for drunk driving or for illegal, but whatever. And, and, and they corrupt, so they trying to come up too. Police officers trying to come up. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, next thing you know, yeah, he, he told dude, get out the car because we just finished smoking. He's like, smell like weed in here. He's like, nah, we don't got no. He's like, nah, I know fresh weed. Man. Get out the car. Next thing you know, he like interrogating them a little bit. And he like, yo, um, and mind you, like I said, we in Johannesburg. I know I'm getting all over the place, but we in Johannesburg. And he like, yo, uh, where the weed at? And he like, I don't got none. And he went and found some in the car. He's like, you lying? 
man, you gotta go to the, you gotta go to the chief. Go explain to the chief. And I'm like, damn, I'm just in a car with a little shawty that I was talking to at the time, South Africa. You know what I'm saying? I'm just chilling right there. And I'm like, oh shit. And next thing you know, um, uh, the police officer said, like, yeah, man, you gonna explain to the chief? And he's like, man, how much you want, man? He's like, two hundred. And they they spend rand over there, R E N D. They spend rand, so it's thirteen dollars to one U S. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, all right, U S. I got that fifteen dollars, two hundred. That's two hundred rand. So my friend came back. He's like, yo, man. He said the only way he's gonna let us go and be uh, we paid two hundred rand. I was like, two hundred. He like, and he's like, yeah, I don't even got it. I was like, man, I got that. I looked on my little phone. I went on my, on my iPhone. It's like two hundred. The little conversion rate. Oh. Man, let's go to the gas station right now. What do you want, a bottle of water too? Let's go. You know what I'm saying? So we walked to the gas station. I'm all happy, like, wow, this is experience. And wow, American. I'm all American up. I'm, I don't realize, like, yo, this dude could, like, send us to a prison where they like, oh, America? Then he robbed me up and fucked me up somehow. And I'm all the way, all the way away from home. But I said, you know what? No, let me go get that money out of the little joint, pay him. You know what I'm saying? Let, let him keep the change. You know what I'm saying? And we got to go. And then the police officer ended up giving us the weed. He ended up giving us more weed. He said, next time, don't lie. I was trying to give you this skunky skunk. Skunky, <laughs> said, skunky skunk. And he gave us weed. Like, he gave him the weed back and gave us more weed. He's like, next time, don't lie, man. Maybe you never know what you get. And it's, I was like, how corrupt is that? He just forced us to buy weed from him? Like, how sinister? What the hell? But anyway, follow the signs in life. And don't be bullshitting. Follow the signs. I think we're up on our time. Right. Oh, we are. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I um, <laughs> you ready to go? Huh? No, I'm no, like, no. Fired up, grrr, but yeah, nah. I do want to ask you uh, one last question. Go ahead. Yeah. You want two, two last questions? All right, so two, two last questions. Well, the first question is, you know, to give you information. Yeah. Oh, uh, my go give my information. Yeah, yeah how people can find. I'll, you? I'll, find, I'll do that at the end. I'll do that at the end. This okay. is this is the end. So so. <laughs> <laughs> let me let, let me the little, 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 No, so no, no. The the last thing is um. Well, let me say this first. I what I liked about our conversation is I think you chosen to take a strong pers- perspective on things, right? So mm-hmm. um, anybody could look at that stuff like it's hard. You you had the the first down analogy where I thought was fucking awesome. Um, I think you took a strong perspective on almost everything we talked about, except maybe your brother. But I think you were your message was larger. Yeah, Stop doing dumb shit. Yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah, because uh, I don't think his life is over. But no, yeah. no, no. As far as like his who what his life was before he was in it is over. You know what I'm saying? And the, he's still, his court case has been backed up to longer than this. So he still ain't even been charged yet. So that's still time served more than a year already now. You know what I'm saying? For making a dumbass choice. Yeah, but we still going to water him. I guess that's the point I'm saying. Like, I mean, yeah. we're going to have to. It's not even like, let's not even talk about that no more. Because it's not over. I'm going to have to be that water or let him dry out. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, but yeah, get to the next one. No, yeah. yeah, I was just going to ask you, uh, what is your journey taught you like if you had to give somebody else some some water right you want them to grow mm-hmm. and they thinking about taking the same type of journey you taught i mean you took what what would you tell them like i'll give them i'll first say there's people in the classrooms that have the answers that raise their hand and they answer it right and there's people that have the answer that don't raise their hand and they still do they work and get it right there's people in the in the in the classroom that raise their hand and they almost had it right and there's people in the, in the room that raise their hand that uh, don't have the answer right. One good thing that all of them did was raise their hand. Went out and just stretched out like on a limb like, uh, teacher, I think I got it. Some people were wrong. Some people were right. But the wrong thing was to do is not raise your hand. 
if you had the answer and you you knew, why didn't you raise your hand? So you're gonna so you're gonna come time around different people that have the answers, but they're not raising their hand or raising their foot to walk forward to their purpose. They just have the answers and they're right until they're fifty and sixty and dying with the knowledge of being right, without rather than going out into the world and putting that that right knowledge and information out there and raising their hand to the world. So raise your hand, raise your feet, you know what I'm saying? Go forward to your purpose. Fail forward, like Will Smith said. I'm going to quote him because I didn't make that. Fail forward, you know. Don't fail too hard, but just know that you'll learn from that failure. It, 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 it won't be a loss. It'll just be a lesson. And uh, do dope shit, you know. Think of cool, creative stuff. Try to... Try to con- uh, Trying to develop your own lane, you know what I'm saying, and uh, just be, just live it, live it, love it, life it, and that's it. All right, now can yeah. you tell everybody how they can uh, follow you, how they can get your information, if they want to attend your classes, if they want to come to your shows? Uh, let's see. Uh, hey, hey, hey. My name, my name, my name. You can find me at Malik, dope drummer on all social media. I'm banging with a pen, cause that's how I begin. Uh, and you can find me on the internet website, www.malikdopent.com. You can find me, tell your friend and tell your mom, I don't even know. Even if you're going to prom or after school, graduation, I don't know. Hey, yeah, Malik, dope drummer, everything. M-A-L-I-K-D-O-P-E-D-R-U-M-M-E-R. Website, Malik, D-O-P-E, oh, uh, yeah, Malik, D-O-P-E-N-T.com. So, www.malikdopent.com. And Jamal. you got your... You got your wait, and yeah. I have my my sticks and tricks clinic yeah. happening on uh, March twenty second and twenty third at Chuck Levin's Washington Music Center. So the twenty second that will be for ages eight to twelve. The twenty third will be for thirteen and up. And then on the twenty fourth, the sticks and tricks clinic will be in New York, in Brooklyn, and you can find that on my website under events. My website is www.malik. D-O-P-E-N-T dot com. And thank y'all for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, Mr. Gray, we got to get uh, Malik at one of your sessions, too, since he going he gonna to freestyle. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. Turn on that music, uh, Jamal. Y'all going to listen. I worked on a motherfucking exit, a closing for the show. Let's get it. You Last on, you week. Wait, no, no, no. You worked on more than that. You got us uh, uh, Instagram, too, so give us I, that. I, yeah, I worked on that. But but last week, y'all y'all ain't let me do my, my closing for the uh, show. Do your closing. This week and every week following, there's a closing for the show. Let me do my closing. Go ahead. I, I'm, I did a lot of talking. This shit is probably I know, that whack. Is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank y'all for coming. No, that's not it. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more of our shows, you can find us on windowseat.fullservice.org. You can follow us at at windowseatpodcast on Instagram. And until next time, be inspired. Yeah, we, we I'm, yeah. I'm done now, Jamal. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>